This is Jorge Fascinetti, and you're listening to another exclusive podcast from Pituitary World News. Good evening. This is Dr. Louis Blevins of Pituitary World News coming at you with another in our series of musings where I make some brief comments uh, about a particular topic that might be of interest to some of you. This evening, I would like to talk to you about acromegaly and pregnancy. I've had the opportunity to care for numerous patients throughout my career who've been pregnant with acromegaly. And uh, generally, everyone has done well. There have been great outcomes with the uh, babies, so there's not really much concern there as far as I'm concerned. As people with acromegaly are getting good treatments or remaining fertile, we're going to see pregnancies in people who have residual or recurrent disease, who, who um, are treated with medical therapies. And the question is always what to do with medical treatments in pregnant women with acromegaly. There was a nice study reported years ago from France that illustrated what I see in my practice. And that's when you stop therapy in a woman with acromegaly who becomes pregnant, usually IGF-1 either stays down or falls. And this is because pregnancy is a growth hormone resistant state. Uh, the estrogens of pregnancy, uh, turns out they seem to inhibit growth hormone action at the liver, uh, inhibit IGF-1 generations. So IGF-1 levels will generally fall and uh, the patient can proceed through a pregnancy normally without requiring treatment. One example of a patient of mine was a woman who uh, went to uh, see an endocrinologist because she was pregnant and she had an elevated blood glucose. And the endocrinologist recommended she had acromegaly, she had a nine millimeter pituitary adenoma, her IGF-1 level was normal, but she failed to suppress growth hormone with glucose, so that secured the diagnosis. After pregnancy, her IGF-1 level rose. She had successful resection of a histologically confirmed growth hormone secreting pituitary tumor. This is usually what you see. I've had several people where you stop therapy and their IGF-1 level stays normal. Sometimes the IGF-1 level can rise later in pregnancy due to human chorionic somatomammotropin and human placental lactogen produced by the placenta which can drive IGF-1 generation, and, and there's some evidence that the placenta also makes some growth hormone. Uh, and certainly IGF-1 levels rise in normal pregnancy too, and it often gives sort of an acromegaloid appearance to some women in their third trimester of pregnancy. I had a recent patient who uh, was well controlled uh, on somatostatin analogs and stopped her medical therapy when she became pregnant and her IGF-1 level uh, did not remain normal. In fact, it increased dramatically and um, she developed severe headaches. And we started on pegvisimont, uh, which I think normalized her IGF-1, but the headaches continued. So we started her on uh, sandostatin, ultimately requiring an infusion by a pump uh, to control her headaches. And that has also controlled her IGF-1 level. So if a patient does have uncontrolled acromegaly, we have options. We can use dopamine agonist drugs, which have been proven safe uh, through retrospective analyses of women who took them when they were pregnant with prolactinomas. Never studied in a formal prospective manner, but based on lots of case reports and reviews of the literature, they seem to be safe. 
and that can control the acromegaly in about 20% of people. Uh, we can use somatostatin analogs, which will cross the placenta, so one has to follow the growth of the uh, fetus to make sure that there's not a small uh, baby. And we can use pegvisimod or somavert, which does not cross the placenta and control the, controls the acromegaly, but it doesn't do anything against the tumor. So you might ask, what happens to tumor growth in patients with uh, acromegaly in pregnancy when they stop their medications? And in most cases, the tumors stay the same size. In some cases, if they've uh, been treated with prior radiotherapy, the tumor will diminish in size. And in a few people, the tumor does increase in size. But based on some of the reports in the literature, not to a substantial degree that requires any uh, significant treatment. If women who are uh, pregnant uh, and stopping their treatment for acromegaly are followed, there is a slightly higher incidence of uh, gestational diabetes mellitus and also of the hypertension of pregnancy. So it is recommended if you see the IGF-1 levels that are rising uh, during pregnancy, especially in the latter half, that you restart treatment with uh, either dopamine agonist drug, a somatostatin analog, or uh, a growth hormone receptor antagonist known as pegvisimod or somavert. Uh, however, there are no controlled studies. It's all case reports and anecdotal experience based on uh, physicians' inter- encounters with their patients, trying to do the right thing to uh, make sure that the uh, mother and the baby have a healthy outcome uh, of uh, such a pregnancy. All right, well, that's it for this evening. Um, hope this has been useful. And uh, once again, Dr. Lewis Blevins, Pituitary World News. Uh, have a good uh, rest of your evening. We encourage you to check back with us often for more on our musing series and other interesting podcasts by Dr. Lewis Blevins. Pituitary World News is a non-profit organization supported by donations and contributions. So if you'd like to help, please visit our site at pituitaryworldnews.org and click on Get Involved. Thank you. And thank you very much for listening.